0: we still don't know you could fill the grand canyon what we don't know about some of this case the audio what was going on in the conversation between the officers what was going on in the dispatch what was said um what was the conversation between the tow truck driver and the officers how did they formulate this you know really bizarre plan
1: Alrighty, welcome back, welcome back. How are you, David?
2: Josh, I am, uh, I am hanging in there, man. It's a new year with new opportunities, and so uh, I'm hanging in there. As I as I told you and our producer before we went on the air, uh, holidays were a little bit rough. Lost some mm. some people in my life. A uh, couple of uh, well. Uh, a mentor a college uh <clears throat> a college classmate and also um uh one of Alabama's uh I think prized jewels Willie Ruff and uh I'm going to write my my column this week about him but uh but other than that man you know life goes on, right? You know, yeah, we have to keep yeah. moving on and it's a new year with new opportunities. And as long as Trump doesn't screw it up for us, I think it'll be a
1: good year. <laughs> yeah. He can't, he can't screw it up on his own. I, I hate that you, that you had a bad time uh, or, or that you're going through a rough time. It's uh and especially, I know people say this a lot of times and it doesn't really matter when you lose somebody, I guess, but it does seem to make it a little harder when it's uh around the holidays and, and stuff, yeah. you know, especially when you, you know, cause you want to, you want those times to be enjoyable and you, you want to take a little break and you want to, you know, you, you have good. Everybody seems around, you know, Christmas time to, to kind of feel a little better about people and you treat people a little nicer and stuff. And so it's just terrible when, when something like that happens. And, mm. and so I'm, I, I hate, I hate like hell that you, that you had to go through it, man. Well, thanks
2: um, brother. I appreciate that.
1: Um, uh, you know, it's uh, by the way, this is Alabama politics this week uh, mm. brought to you by our, our friends at the wind Creek entertainment. And um, you know, it, it you know, I, I did not, I have not been uh, to, to the folks at Wind Creek in a while. Uh, but, you know, noticed, uh, so i noticed, I got a call uh, from some folks that are friends of mine the other day who said, hey, man, we've been listening to your podcast. And we, we actually have a night to kill. Uh, we're in central Alabama. And we're thinking about, you know, going to the, to the Wind Creek place. There what do you think about that? And I was there like, is. man, listen. You won't have a better time. I said, I told her, I said, what, what do you want to do? I said, you know, where, where are you staying? What do you want? To, uh, eventually, I said, well, what, listen, try the one in Wetumpka. The one in Wetumpka is a, you know, is a, is a grand place, you know, a resort-type place and everything. Oh, they called the next day. They had had a ball. They won. They nice. won a few hundred dollars, you know, which always oh, helps. Yeah, oh, yeah, won a few hundred bucks, oh, which always uh, Walked right in the door apparently, and within five minutes had won five hundred dollars. And so, <laughs> and then then uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, listen, man, I called and told them you were coming, and li- they they loosened up the machines for you. That's all it was. And, uh, but no, this they, they had a great meal. They had uh, yeah, they stayed. They thought thought the spa and stuff was great. And uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, it was nice to hear and nice to know that we we've had. Some influence and and we were able to, to send some folks there and I said I'm telling I tell everybody go online Wind Creek uh, and, and look them Google them up Google up Wind Creek uh, and and find these facilities in Wetumpka Atmore Montgomery they're the nicest that, that we have around uh, you you get, there are other places around that you can go but mm. you know this is this is top quality place all right this is, they do they do a a fantastic job they they are high quality and there's a reason why they're Alabama. Largest hospitality employer and some of Alabama's best citizens. Uh so it's uh yeah, look, give them a shot. They they sponsor this program and they you know they keep the truth flowing uh from uh from us and uh you know so you know help them out and uh and go around and uh and and spend some time and money uh with the folks at uh yeah. Creek. You won't regret it, you'll have a good time. It's all entertainment and it's all fun. So.
2: Sounds good. Sounds great. Uh, I'm glad they had a good time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's um Let's get into it. We've been we've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh Christmas time, uh yeah. you know, we were uh at, we've got a little one here and so Christmas time is uh you know always busy uh so we're <laughs> all over the place uh uh bill bill uh brit uh told me that we we don't do the 12 days of christmas we do the 30 days of christmas uh because we were <laughs> we were tennessee and their place and i mean we we're all over the place uh yeah. for the next little bit and uh and so yeah but it was it was fun but as we were going along we uh i, I tried to keep up the best i could with uh some of the stuff that was happening around this state and uh, some of the things that have been going on. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about a lot on this show, and we will talk about more today because we're going to have attorney Carl Cole on with us from Decatur, uh, is the uh, the murder. We can effectively call it a murder now. We uh, accurately call it a murder uh, now uh, because uh, the one of the police officers in Decatur had been charged with murder mm-hmm. um, of Stephen Perkins. Uh, the a black man who was shot in his front yard as he was uh, attempting to stop someone from a wrongful repossession of his truck uh, and yeah, mm-hmm. wrongful, according to him and his family and the attorney and the way things kind of shook out. But, um, so they, they did arrest one, the shooter, uh, Mac Bailey Marquette, um, and, uh, charged him with murder. Now, uh, we'll get into this a little more in depth with, with Carl, but you know, I I wanted to bring up the fact that this, this shooting, I mean, that the, uh, the arrest had occurred. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I felt like the, the DA, you know, Scott Anderson handled the press conference about as well as you could handle it. Um, And, but I I got, man, I got some quibbles with the fact that nobody else was charged. Uh,
2: Seems strange. Seems uh very strange.
1: Um, And, and I, I, I'm going to say something else here, right. it, and, it, and it may seem controversial, but mm-hmm. I, I, want to, I want to preface it by saying I'm not in any way diminishing the actions of Marquette when I say this, okay? All right. But, I, you know, from reading about everything that happened and, and having uh, Nicholas Perkins on here who laid out what, what occurred. Uh, What, you know, what he had heard had had occurred there with the the tow truck driver calling a friend of his, the friend of his being a higher ranking officer uh, at Decatur Police Department, the higher ranking officer bringing these folks to the scene. You had this Marquette guy who was 22 years old, 22, 23 years old, um, been on the force about a year, and he was put into this position. Outside that house. Now, maybe he maybe he knew better. Maybe, you know, maybe we can go back to that and maybe he'll he'll serve some time. I'm certain he's going to serve some time for this. Yeah. But um, I, I don't understand how we can say this guy is. The you know it, it because he fired the weapon, and I understand that, that that's a huge part of this, all right that he came out firing the weapon, and he certainly shouldn't have done that, but somebody put him in a terrible position, a horrible position. They stuck him on the side of this house over here, hiding, um, and th- they did not relay, from what I understand, did not relate to anybody what had happened previously, mm-hmm. that Stephen Perkins had come out of that house with a gun. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, it just yeah. seems like you've taken this guy uh, that is a, a newbie for the most part on the force, younger, mm-hmm. younger guy, and you've put him in a position to fail badly. You well, put him in a position mm-hmm. where, where something like this is more likely than not to occur.
2: Well, I would even argue, <clears throat> and of course, you know, I, I, I will concede up front um that i don't have uh you know i don't have any um inside information here mm-hmm. but just on the surface you know uh and i'm not saying this is impossible but it just seems strange to me that they could ascertain without a doubt that he was the only one who fired on this guy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and hit and, and and this guy, I shouldn't say this guy, Mr. Perkins. He was the only one that this guy was the only one who fired on Mr. Perkins, and and he was the and his bullets were the only ones that that contributed to his uh, his murder. I just find that a little bit hard to believe because, as I recall, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, weren't they saying that there were at least twelve rounds?
1: Oh, uh, thirteen. 13, thirteen rounds. rounds. Yeah, okay. thirteen rounds fired. Uh, seven, seven struck Mr. Perkins, and uh, then they had to dig some others out of houses around. Um,
2: so,
1: yeah, you know, I don't know. I, that, that, that was the first thing I
2: thought about. I just thought, mm-hmm. well, that seems kind of strange.
1: Well, let um, me put my CSI watching knowledge uh, to use here and tell you all right. um, okay. that I, I believe that you can determine that pretty clearly. Um, uh, there are a number of, of ways to determine whether whether a weapon has been fired which weapon has been fired which you know the the from the from the bullets that were taken from the scene you know who fired what round and what gun they came out of
2: okay so let's say let's say that his were the you know other officers were shooting right
1: i mean don't, I don't we don't we don't believe think that so. other
2: officers were shooting so I, we're I saying he's the only one that was shooting he was
1: the only one who shot yeah that's that's what the story is is he was the I only one that. who shot? I just, I don't believe that.
2: I don't believe that he was the only one who shot. And I don't, again, you know, this is just my skepticism. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he was the only one who shot. <clears throat> and if he wasn't the only one who shot, then I definitely don't believe his bullets were the only ones that uh, that, that contributed to Mr. Perkins' death. But even if all of that is true, even mm-hmm. if all of that is true, um, it just seems to me like it's awfully convenient that out of all of those police officers that were there, you're going to say only one was responsible for Mister mm-hmm. Perkins's death. I don't buy that. I just don't buy that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, that's, and, and we can get into it more with with Carl, I guess, and 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 talk to him about the you know the legal breakdown of this thing because you're you're right. I I don't understand. Uh, it, it didn't, uh, all right, so, and I guess this is going to kind of be the technical questions that I have because, you know, whenever you, you ha, you know, there are a lot of cases of, of, you know, younger, young men in this state being charged with murder because they were uh, present while another crime was being committed during which someone was killed. Uh, you know, uh, you know, four guys go into a to a store to a convenience store and to rob it. And somebody accidentally shoots a clerk or the clerk shoots one of them. And then all of them get charged with murder. Great point. Uh, Great point. Uh, you know, yeah. but I, I and I, like I said, we can ask this of the attorney who will know far more. I, I, I don't know if that requires that the act to be a felony, uh, you know, before you can charge everybody with that. I know that was a point that the DA made, um, but he was making it in terms of capital murder. You know I, know, I know that you cannot have a capital murder charge without there being another aggravating charge involved with that, uh, which, you know, capital murder means you, you can input, you seek the death penalty death for penalty. somebody, but, yeah. uh, but you know that yeah, I know that there needs to be another uh, charge, another felony charge to go with that. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, so I, and we can ask him that, but you're right. It, it, Cause you would think trespassing would certainly be, Uh, a crime that occurred because they were certainly trespassing Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um, at at his home that night. They had no right to be there. According to the laws, Uh, they were violating the law by being at his house and on his property uh, while that was taking place. So, you know, I I don't know. I I just, I, I, you're right. I feel like there should be some charges and, you know, the, the DA hinted that federal charges could be coming. I'm not sure what those might be, Um, and so it will be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. I just, you know.
2: So let, let, let me throw out one other thing, Josh. So Mm -hmm. district attorneys have to work with police departments. They have to work, you know, collaboratively with them. Mm -hmm. Is it possible? And now, and, and, and let me be clear. I don't know the DA. I I can't even call his name, honestly.
1: Scott Anderson.
2: Scott Anderson. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know the DA. I don't know any of the people involved in any of this right um or even affected by it other than you know meeting um mr nicholas perkins um you know when we interviewed him uh, a few weeks ago sure um but it just seems to me like da's da this da has a had to make a decision and and I and I'm going to confess what I'm about to say is pretty loaded, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I think this DA had to make a decision about how does he pursue a clear travesty of justice while at the same time preserving his ability to work collaboratively with the Decatur Police Department. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that, in my opinion, is to pin all of this. On one cop, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, as you suggested, bringing in some other uh, possible violations of the law that were committed by the other cops. And that's assuming, again, that all of my speculation about, you know, whether or not this guy was truly the only one to to shoot uh, and kill Mr. Perkins is 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 you know assuming that all of my speculation is is erroneous uh then you know that's that's what this da is left with and 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 this is his way out in terms Mm -hmm. of preserving his relationship with the police department that's that's the way now again i'm being awfully cynical here and i'm being awfully uh, speculative here but this is this is where my mindset is right now
1: I understand, and that's—I uh, I think that's very fair uh, because you're right. They do have—they do have to work uh, collaboratively with the, with the police department. They rely on each other uh, a good deal. Uh, you know, they—they they, it, it, they can't make a lot of cases if the police department are, is not you know, doing what it should do. Um, you know, I, I, I dealt with this a little bit in Montgomery as well with uh, Daryl Bailey, who I respect a lot. Um, you know, he and I are probably on the opposite ends of the political spectrum, but, uh, you know, the way Daryl has always conducted himself has just been, I mean, that's, it, I, I mean, I, to me, he's, he's kind of the, almost the gold standard of, of, DAs, uh, you know, where it's, you know, this is, this is what it's supposed to be. And this is what I'm going to do. You know, he, he arrested the cop in Decay in uh, Montgomery for killing a, a black man in his front yard, um, uh, before the grand jury. Uh, had mm. before he took it to the grand jury. Now, the grand oh, jury wow. ultimately indicted him as well. But uh, he was like, "No, no, this is murder. We're going to charge him with murder," mm. and uh, and 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 took it that way and, and took a, a lot of heat from the police department over that. And so you're right in that, and you know, and there are certain things the inner workings of things that go on every day that we aren't privy to uh, that a DA is going to have to put up with if this happens, you know, and so. Um, yeah, I, so I can understand that. Uh, and, and I don't necessarily disagree. I think to me, if, if we're talking about just random citizen, random Joe citizen out there and, and four people showed up to this guy's house that night, um, and to help the tow truck driver and did exactly the same functions as the police officers did. Um, then I think all of them would have been charged with something. Um, uh, you know, what, whatever it may have been, I, I believe that they all would have been, you know, so there would have been charges for most of those uh, of the people who were there. Yeah. And I, I just, you know, because and, and let's be honest right now, uh, those guys who were there were just average Joe citizens because they had no right to be there. They didn't they didn't they didn't roll up there as cops. They rolled up there as average citizens that happened to be wearing police officer uniforms, but not behaving as police officers and not doing the things that police officers should do and not, and not treating it within protocols. And so, you know, to me that just makes them citizens. And so what, what do you, you know, you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know, I mean, you gotta charge these people with, with some things. And I, I just, I don't understand how, how, you know, that they didn't get charged with that. I, I, I don't, I don't feel bad for the cop who was charged in this at all. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I do think it's exactly right. They've, they've dumped the blame on this one younger officer. And, you know, I I think that it's, it's to make him kind of the scapegoat of this while they let off the hook. They let off the hook a guy. I mean, how can you let the ranking officer that set this whole thing up off without, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, there's got to right. be some sort of charge for that. There's got to be something that could that could take place there. You know, uh, uh, yeah. uh, it, you know, there just has to be. And well,
2: because the, that 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 younger officer, the 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 uh, accused murderer, would never been in that position were it not for the ranking officers. That's position.
1: exactly right. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. I, you know, I look forward to some of these hearings because I'd like to hear. You know exactly what Marquette is going to do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, whether or not you know. I I know that whenever something like this happens, there's a big uh, police officer fraternity that typically gets behind uh, the officer who's charged, and you know, and then you get the and you know, the the typical attorneys who represent cops uh, a lot of times come in and, and handle this, and um, and so it's you know they they rally around, and there's a lot of things that, that get taken care of for the family and for his family and for and for him. And, and, you know, so I, I feel like uh, it's going to be tough for him to throw some folks under the bus. But, you know, if I was a him, I think I'd start tossing because, uh, mm. um, mm. you know, it, it, that dude's going to go to jail. Mm. Uh, and I mean, because they're just you killed a man in his front yard for nothing. So
2: so let me toss out one other thing. And this is not nearly as. uh a substantial point as as yeah. the ones we've been discussing but it is an interesting little sidebar i think uh i noticed on instagram that um uh someone that um i i guess i follow this guy or he follows me i don't know however it popped up on my instagram feed this guy posted uh the um the photo the of the mugshot uh-huh. of the police officer who was arrested and he noted that that police officer had a smirk on his face
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i looked at it and i thought you know i think he's right so i wonder what what do we what are we to make of that was was that him being um nonchalant is it being him his, is he being dismissive of the situation what does that you know what
1: do we make of that you know i um uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm one who who tends to even even when the photo makes a great point for whatever argument I'd like to make, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm a person that that usually dismisses still photos, uh, because you have no idea of the context of mm-hmm. what happened, and especially in a case like this where the person who is the subject of the photo has no control over which photo is used. Uh, of, yeah, that's a or, fair or, point. Or can set the, the what's going on because you don't know that if right before that, uh, you know, somebody had said, "Hey, man, keep your head up," and he just went, you know, and and he, mm. and they caught him. You know what I mean? And and, no, that's and so. A fair point. Uh, you know, and, and so we I, 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 now if there were video and he just was, you know, like that, that's a different story, right. of course. And 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 listen, it may be a hundred percent what what people think it is because you're mm-hmm. right; it does look like a a little smirk, like oh hell, I'm walking from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it, and you know, I just there's been there's so many photos. You know, I, I remember one. There's there's one of uh, of people. Um, standing on a stage at some political event, Barack Obama was one of the people and uh, everybody has their hand on their heart, except for Barack Obama was saying the pledge. And, and it came just as those people put their hand on their heart right, right before the pledge started. And so he had not yet put his hand, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, and so that's why I kind of, you know, it's, it's a steel photo. It's one, one snapshot of somebody's, you know, facial expressions or actions and, and you know i i would like to have a sequence of those and t- no i, I
2: think that's fair and i'm and i'm glad you i'm glad you pushed back on what i was saying because i do think that's fair and i didn't really think about it um <clears throat> to that extent um so I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to take your position which is we just we don't know what that is you know that's you know it's not a good look I mean I can tell you that it's not a good look
3: but no no does it's terrible. that mean yeah.
2: that it's indicative of what his mindset. Is about what happened, or mm-hmm. or something? I, we don't know. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. a great point. Thanks for thanks for pushing back.
1: Well, that. listen, uh, David, as, as it's been said many times, I'm known for my level headedness and never flying off the handle about things, and so, I, so I'm I'm just here to impart that wisdom on on those the of voice you of moderation. Who, uh, right, right, yeah. Listen, those of you who are a little more high strung than me. I'm, I'm here to I'm just here to help y'all out. All right, I tell you what, let's uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's slide out and we can kind of just continue the conversation with Carl Cole and then when we sure. come back after after Carl to, to close this out we're going to get into the uh, second congressional district some polling has been done there that show some interesting things uh, and then maybe a little bit of the uh, abortion issue um, and uh, then our right wing nut so yep. uh, let's slide out we'll be back in just a minute Alabama politics this week brought to you by Wind Creek Entertainment Hey, uh, if y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, That would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, You know, people might pay us to do this. You Uh, you never know.
2: Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, and some of the more Android friendly, uh, you know, platforms Uh as well.
1: I forget that Davis and Andrew and Guy. I am <laughs> me. I'm a conformist, and so you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going <laughs> to leave a bad one, don't do, don't do that.
2: Josh doesn't
3: don't, like that. Don't leave a
1: bad. One. Thank you. Alrighty, welcome back, Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person, and we are happy to once again be joined by attorney Carl Cole um uh, carl has is has, has been involved uh is in some ways around the uh the stephen perkins case uh, indicator and and certainly has more knowledge of of the happenings. And can break down the legal stuff much better than I play an attorney very well and pretend like I know a lot of things, but I don't. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: And I know that comes as a shock to a lot of people. But uh, so from time to time, we actually like to have people, you know, that come on that that know things. And uh, and so Carl is our guy who knows things. Uh, you kind of, basically, he's our Tyrion Lannister. He drinks and knows things. So So, one of the first things, Carl, uh, first of all, thanks. Thanks for taking some time. I know you're busy.
0: Hey, I'm happy to be here. Anything for you guys. I appreciate you. Well, we appreciate you.
1: Yeah. So the, one of the first things I wanted to ask about uh, is, uh, th- there was the charge for, for Marquette, uh, the officer, Mar- uh, Bailey Marquette, who who did the shooting uh, of Stephen Perkins. Um, but I wanted to ask about the other three officers that were there. And can you explain why they were not charged with something?
0: Well, I think the short answer to that is they didn't pull a trigger. Um, I don't know if there's any evidence at this point that they pulled their gun from their holster. Um, Obviously, that's the driving force behind everything is the fact that Marquette pulled his gun and pulled the trigger 18 18 times. And the fact that no one else fired a shot not only weighs heavily on the problems that Marquette faces that none of his colleagues deemed it prudent to even fire a shot. But it probably helped the grand jury reach a conclusion that there shouldn't be any charges against the other officers. Um, I didn't expect charges against the other officers, frankly. Um, I I did think there would be um, some sort of indictment against Marquette. And the reason I didn't think there would be charges against the other officers was that unless there was something in the audio of the body cam that made it seem like there was a plan to do what happened, Mm -hmm. um, some sort of conspiracy between the officers that they were going to have a hard time charging the officers that didn't fire a shot. Um, at a minimum, you know, I thought that what Marquette did was reckless. And obviously, the grand jury thought even worse than that because they indicted him uh, unanimously uh, for murder. Mm. Uh, the, uh,
1: so there, there are two other questions, really, that I had about the the setup there. And um, one of them is – yeah, we mentioned this before you came on, and because it was my problem with this is, you know, I know a little bit about Marquette. I know he's a young, relatively young guy, 22, 23 years old. Uh, been on the force, obviously, for a very short period of time. Uh, he was in no way, shape, or form the ranking officer at that scene that night. Um, I, I don't know what defense he has put up. I don't know what defense he has. Uh, has made in terms of throwing somebody else under the bus for, for things rightfully or wrongfully. I think, you know, throwing somebody under the bus, you can do it for the right reasons. Uh, sure. But it, man, it seems like somebody put him in a position to fail. Sure. And should that somebody not be held
0: accountable for that? Well, and I'll take you one step further. Obviously the fact that the police were there at all, as everyone at this point knows was improper Mm
3: -hmm. because
0: it was a repossession without a court order. And therefore under Alabama law, they're not supposed to be there at all. The question becomes, is that criminal? Right. We can agree that it's in violation of the law, but is it criminal? Well, that code section doesn't really have any sort of criminal punishment for something like that. It talks about civil liability in fair amount of detail extending all the way to the finance company that sent the tow truck driver out. But there's no criminal liability. And sometimes you see that in laws or municipal ordinances. For instance, the prohibition against Airbnbs in Decatur, Alabama. It's illegal. We all know that because a certain city official had one.
3: (laughs) Right. A a very
0: high-ranking city official, I would say, yeah. But there's not a punishment for it. Um, so it's, it's wrong. It's illegal, but there's not a punishment. All right. So directly, let's talk about the senior officer on the scene. And again, what we still don't know, you could fill the grand Canyon. What we don't know about some of this case, the audio, what was going on in the conversation between the officers, what was going on in the dispatch, what Uh was said. Um, What was the conversation between the tow truck driver and the officers? How did they formulate this, you know, really bizarre plan to go help the tow truck driver by not turning on their flashing lights, by not knocking on the door? You know, whose idea was that? I suspect, and again, this is pure speculation on my part, I suspect that those Things weighed in on Chief Pinion's determination that those officers should be fired, uh-huh. but it wasn't enough for a grand jury to indict. That's my speculation there. Those problems that we describe in the conversations breach policy, but they weren't criminal. That's that's mm. the best I can come up with.
2: So let's, uh, let's continue with the speculation by um, allowing me to rehash some speculation, Carl, that I sh- shared with Josh earlier. It's hard for me to, uh, it's really hard for me to believe that uh, out of all the officers that were there that only one fired a shot, uh, you're saying, or fired shots, and, and the kill shots in particular, So you're saying you believe conclusively, without a doubt, that the evidence that has been presented is 100% accurate, complete, and a complete representation of what happened there that night.
0: No way. (laughs) 100% (laughs) absolutely conclusive, no way. No way. Um, What we have seen so far and what has been stated is that only one officer fired a shot, a shot. He fired eighteen of them. Okay. How? Okay. Well,
1: It, it, uh, you're right. Right, it so doesn't seem. It doesn't seem likely, does it? So I mean, that you could see that 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 guy firing that right. many times, and nobody else fired a shot. Nobody. So that.
2: So that that lends credibility to my skepticism, Josh. And and so now I have to go the next step, and again rehashing what I've already said to Josh and the audience. Um. How likely is it then that this that this young man and I'm not saying that he doesn't he's not culpable for his role in it, whatever it was, but how likely is it that he's just been set up as as uh, and that and this whole albatross is just being hung
0: around his neck? Well, this isn't completely speculation. Uh, this is somewhat informed, but it, it's more hearsay. I'll say um, that the the shooter Marquette didn't want to take full responsibility for this, that he did blame the plan or that he did blame the procedures. And as you say, he wasn't the senior officer on the scene. He wasn't in charge. Um, Now that is, you know, rumor or hearsay, as we would say in a court of law, but that he felt like he was put in a bad spot um, Mm -hmm. by, um, by, I guess his superiors on the scene that night. Now, again, all that is gonna come out eventually. Uh, That's the kind of thing that if it doesn't come out in the criminal proceeding will come out in the civil proceeding uh, via depositions. But um, it's, if we look at the door cam footage, the ring footage, and if we look at the um, official statements from Malia and the amended statement of the Cater Police Department, all that we know is that Marquette fired shots and the other guys didn't didn't, which I think really hurts his case that no one else felt like they needed to mm-hmm. um, they may have explanations for that obviously, if you look at the some of the some of the angles one officer is across the street behind a car. he probably doesn't have a clear line of sight as to what going what is going on. The second officer appears to be behind Marquette. he may not have a clear Line of sight as to what's going on i, I think these are all things that you're gonna hear um in the uh personnel proceedings um uh, that'll be the first chance that we've got to get a little bit of the insight as to what the officers were thinking that night and what mm-hmm. went on um and then obviously further along as we get into civil discovery and before that possibly a criminal trial, you know all this is going to come out, but um. I believe the most damning thing for Marquette is that he fired 18 times and none of his colleagues fired a shot.
2: All right. So I wanna I wanna uh I wanna just throw out one other thing here that I speculated on. And I'll admit it was it's very uh it's a very cynical line of thought and 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 wildly speculative, but Um, you know, we know that DAs have to work collaboratively with police departments. Uh, there's, their very success, uh, you know, depends on that. Uh, how likely is it that the DA could even be involved in, uh, just deciding, look, you know, I don't. I, I don't need the hassle of trying to tangle with four or five officers in a court of law over this situation, or whatever the number of officers there that was present. You know, let me just let me just hone in on one—the one who's most likely responsible, or the the one who's most likely to we, to for us to be able to pin this on. I mean, I, again, I don't know the DA. This is not a personal attack because I don't know the DA, but I'm just saying. How you know is that just? is that is that level of cynicism and skepticism just way way out of
0: bounds in your mind uh, well i i do know scott anderson i know him well i work with him and he's a friend all right okay. Now we will we will yell at each other in the courtroom and we'll fight uh, tooth and nail to do our job but i consider him a friend um and i also consider him a guy with uh, with a lot of integrity too and let me explain what informs that um I was involved in a fairly large um, capital case involving a couple of juveniles. And there was an issue involving the evidence technician, the police officer in charge of the evidence room, in which Scott Anderson actually wrote a letter to the chief of police at the time, um, basically telling him that he couldn't trust him, that he couldn't use him anymore. And calling him out on it, Um, he went after that officer for some of the conduct that he engaged in. Um, So there is a history there of of Scott taking on a police officer that he felt was in the wrong, Um, which is why I really felt like he wouldn't have a problem um, with this case. Um, And of course, I watched his. this press conference, and I thought he made a good point, which was, you know, he's the chief law enforcement officer for Morgan County. He works with police every day, and certainly he's close to them. Certainly he has friends with them. Um, Steve Marshall is the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Alabama. He's close with the police. He's friends with them. But they both took an oath to do their job. Um Scott, I know much better. And one's doing a much better
1: job than the other. But go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scott, I know much better than than uh Attorney General Marshall. But I feel like um I feel like he's gonna conduct this with integrity. I thought he did a good job so far. And at the end of the day, he doesn't make the decision. The grand jurors do. And um and they were unanimous in what they found. Of course, those ce- those proceedings are secret, but we probably know about as much as what was presented to that grand jury based on the body cam uh excuse me the door cam footage which i'm sure was presented um along with the leader report as any other grand jury proceeding uh, that would also be secret so and i'll say one other thing um this is going to be a tough case to try qualified immunity is a real thing the i am sure whoever the defense lawyer is for Marquette probably wanted a murder charge because self-defense is a defense. And that is a drum that a good defense attorney can beat. But I'll also say this, Scott Anderson is a trial lawyer. He was a defense attorney before he was a prosecutor, and he was a good one. He's a good prosecutor. And if I'm Matt Marquette and I know that Scott Anderson is going to handle this case personally and prosecute him personally, then um, if I'm not already having trouble sleeping at night, I'm going to have more trouble sleeping at night. So Scott's going to do a good job with it.
1: They, they mentioned at the Anderson mentioned at the press conference that uh, that he had been in touch with the uh, federal authorities and that there could be possibly be federal charges do you have any idea what federal charges that that, that could arise from this
0: it it would be arising out of the death um i would assume a civil rights case arising out of the death okay um you you have that sometimes um i don't know how likely it is But certainly in cases um, that draw a lot of national attention, we've seen that before, that there could be some sort of federal charge. I don't anticipate it here, but I think that is a product of all the law enforcement um, officials, prosecutors probably covering all their bases, uh, touching base with each other. You know, some people called me when that was said and they thought it probably had something to do with the protests, which I don't think that's accurate at all. I don't think it has anything to do with the protests. Or anything like that. I think that is strictly whether or not there could be some sort of federal charge related to the death.
1: Right. You you brought up the protests, and that was going to be my my next line here. And uh, because there was a story before the arrest was made, the the big story, uh, and I wrote a column about it that uh, was not very kind to uh, Decatur Mayor Tab Bowling uh, because he uh, implemented a new permit requirement for anybody protesting. Uh, I read some of the, your statements about this, and I, of course, agreed with you. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit biased in this instance, uh, but uh, I, mean, I I think it's a pretty clear-cut case of a violation of the constitutional rights of the protesters to, t- to try to issue a blanket requirement for just them uh, over any time that they want to protest in a public area, like a sidewalk at night. Uh, I
0: mean, that you, you can't... You can't issue that that sort of a, a requirement, can you? No. The so the biggest issue was the the press release the mayor issued, which was kind of this all encompassing blanket: if you want to protest, you have to have a permit.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: no. And what they meant to say, I believe, because after an article in our local paper and after your column a second press release was issued that kind of walked back everything in the first one. Um, and it was basically like, we have this parade ordinance and the and it defined some things. But, but here's the lay of the land on that. That parade ordinance was passed in the wake of the Tommy Lee Hines trial in the late 1970s, in which you had the KKK and the Black Panthers and there's old photographs showing hundreds and maybe thousands of people On the street. There was gunfire in the streets. There were people camping out in public parks and at Point Mallard. And the city fathers passed this all encompassing, um, probably uh, in violation of the Constitution, um, ordinance restricting um, assemblies, Mm -hmm. um, which, of course, is anyone who's had basic constitutional law knows freedom of assembly is one of the most protected uh, rights, um, right in the First Amendment along with freedom of speech, freedom of religion. So they do all those things, and it's never really been challenged because typically you don't have these sort of um, highly populated protests. you know. And if you do have somebody get arrested for that, they usually get a slap on the wrist, goes away. It's not getting challenged. So yeah. it, those kind of ordinances just sit there. Even if they're in violation of the Constitution, if they're not challenged, then... There's no mechanism to declare them in violation of the Constitution, not just the U.S. The Alabama Constitution has maybe even stronger free speech language than the United States Constitution, um, especially as it relates to assembly. So uh, what I understand what the mayor is trying to do, because they're protesting outside of his house, Mm -hmm. which is coincidentally outside of my house because we (laughs) live— Just, a, you know, a hundred yards or less from each other. Uh-huh. Um, Are you um, saying it I is Airbnb?
1: There...
0: Is that what you're <laughs> doing? <laughs> no, but I'm not touching that subject. Okay, no, go uh, ahead. There, there, there is no longer an Airbnb. We should be clear on that. Uh,
3: right.
0: uh, but um, the protesters have been out there past 10 o'clock in a residential neighborhood sometimes with a a megaphone, sometimes with pots and pans. So the neighbors have complained. Mm -hmm. And do I understand the neighbor's complaint? Sure. If I've got a school age kid, I'm trying to get to bed and they're being uh, awoke by or awakened or whatever the appropriate word is by, um, any noise, you know, we might want to, you know, calm that down. However, What the press release said was, you just can't protest. You can have time, place, and manner restrictions on protest. Mm -hmm. They should be narrowly defined as to not limit the speech unnecessarily. Um, Because what we're having here is the most protected speech. Political protest speech is the most protected speech. And it's in a public square. It's on the sidewalk. one of the most protected places. So it's got to be narrowly confined. Um, The restrictions do. Um, And the press release and the way that they said they were going to enforce it obviously didn't do that. It was, you have to get a permit before you can have an assembly of more than three people anywhere, Mm -hmm. at any time. So it's one thing to say that, no, at midnight on a school night, we're not going to allow you to be playing, you know, rock music outside somewhere trying to you know torture them with the not let them get any sleep and that kind of thing but it's another thing to say hey at six o'clock we can't you know walk on your sidewalk with signs and let you know we're there right. um the only arrests that have happened regarding protesters have been blocking the street and the disturbing the peace because of noise ordinance kind of things now there may have been a couple others that were a little more Suspect. They just mainly made a couple of police officers mad uh, with with the language and the disrespect. But the the arrests that have a chance of standing up, obviously, you know, you block traffic, you're going to get arrested. Uh, yeah. and there's really there's really no way around that because you're endangering yourself and you're endangering the public. You know, mm-hmm. we we've seen that shake out in a very tragic way. Um, in 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 in, in Charl- or in um, Charleston, uh-huh. uh, with the protesters. So, you know, I understand that. Um, however, they've got to be narrow in how they deal with confining the First Amendment rights of these protesters, and uh, I think that's going to be the challenge um, going forward. But hopefully, the fact that we've got an indictment now. Mm -hmm. Is going to um, tamp down some of that um, that's been driving some of the protests right now.
1: I I get you get you out with this, but because I watched the the city council, I guess it was was a work session or the actual uh, meeting last night, Um, and I watched the the back and forth between Tab Bowling and some of the people who were there. Uh, I've seen him talk. Recently in interviews and and, and and respond to people and the way he's handled a lot of stuff. Why did he just resign? Uh, I, I mean, and, and I don't I don't say that. I, I don't necessarily say that just because I think, you know, Oh, he's the guy who's done a terrible job. I do think he's done a terrible job in handling this. But in addition to that, I mean, he's taken body blows from the council. Uh, I mean, the you know, everybody that was asked whether well, you think he's doing a good job, they all said no. And Billy Jackson just crushed him, just absolutely crushed him, which is you know, what he loves to do. God bless Billy. But it, it, then, in addition to that, though, it looks like every time Tab is in public, he seems like he is miserable. Like it is, it is just weighing on him to such a, a degree. And I mean, and this is it for him. Why didn't he just leave?
0: I didn't see the council meeting, but I can imagine based on some of the others that I have watched, um, at some point you just have to wonder how much somebody can take.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, And and so I understand that. Um, I think he's just trying to fulfill his term at this point. Um, I made the statement to actually one of the council members early on. Um, I said, anybody can be mayor. Or anybody can be in a high-ranking position when all we're doing or announcing openings of restaurants and uh, (laughs) economic development incentives on a random Tuesday, decatur, it's pretty easy to be an elected official. Yeah, I mean Mm you—you can listen. You can take on the K.I.V. role and just cut ribbons at bridge crossings. You know, I mean that's (laughs) you know, it's it's we have to be and not just decatur everywhere. We have to be more cognizant. Of who we want dealing with crisis when we elect anybody. That will add about who do you want answering the red phone at 3 a.m.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: that's a real thing, and that's how I vote. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not. I mean, you know, back when I actually ran for mayor, when I conceded, I said Decatur's got a strong wind at its back. Who's mayor is not going to deter the progress that Decatur's going to make in the growth sectors when it comes to uh infrastructure when it comes to revitalizing downtown when it comes to bringing jobs to the community we're so close to madison and huntsville we can't help but be successful in those ways i mean just a spillover what we have to be cognizant of is when there are challenges like the steve perkins case do Mm -hmm. we have people that have the uh, wherewithal to rise to the occasion in the most difficult situations. You know, I, I would give, you know, I think Jacob Ladner has done mm-hmm. a, a good job as the city council president. Um, and I've heard that from all sectors of the community. That's why I single him out. Obviously, I think other people have, have have done good things, some more than others, but I think Jacob has, you know, shown that he's capable of of crossing- Yes. Um, community Absolutely. lines and, and mm-hmm. dealing with this in a, in a good way. And as we go forward as a community, you, you hope that you have more leaders that are capable of dealing with the hard times in an effective way, mm-hmm. because we can all deal with the easy times.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, um, I can't believe you lost uh, to who you lost to. Uh, and um, I can uh, okay. <laughs> when, when uh, you
0: run to do away with the job it's kind of hard to explain to people <laughs> it's
1: true. It is true although I would suggest that, that maybe you should run again
0: um, and, and my uh, wife just crossed you off her Christmas card list. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh
1: man, that's uh, listen. It, it, there's there's going to be some. There's going to be a change. I got a feeling. Uh, we've seen these things across the country, and there's going to be a change on that council. There's going to be a change with the mayor's office, and there's going to be a lot more politically engaged people around Decatur. And I think it's good. There's going to be no more Hunter Peppers uh, elected uh, to that council. Uh, so you know, some good, smart people at the top of this thing sure would help. And I'm just
0: saying there's one on this podcast who could do it. Well, I've engaged in a lot of speculation um, on this podcast today and through the course of this. And there's been a lot of rumors. But one thing that I am 100% absolutely clear, dead certain on, is the fact that Carl Cole will not be on a ballot for anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You remember the last guy that said that, Dave? Uh, the last guy who told us, absolutely not, oh, no I chance, do I'll never
1: run, is Anthony Daniels, it, who's currently never running for Congress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's not never point taken. Never say never, taken. Carl. Never say yeah, never. Point taken. That's, uh, listen, it would be uh, – I, I understand. It would, be a, it would be a huge pay cut for you. So, at, uh, you know, we you couldn't <laughs> – uh, and, and I – Honestly, it, I'm, I would worry it would, it, would, uh, it, it would end one of our great sources and, and, a, and a guy that's doing a lot of really good legal work as yeah. well. So you, st- you stay where you are, man, and we'll keep calling you up whenever you have some time for us.
0: Thank you all for having me. I appreciate what you do. All right, yes, sir. All right. Thank
1: you. It is Carl Cole uh, Indicator, and, uh, man, he's, he's great. Uh, yep. He really, really is. And, uh, and uh, we, uh, we love to have him on and break things down because he does it. See, when I start breaking things down, Sometimes I get all wrapped up in it, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I get yeah. all emotional and, mm-hmm. and and I say some crazy things. And is yeah. and a professional; it's, it's he doesn't um, do things. It's like
2: almost that. like in your mind, I, I and I watch you, and I and I'm thinking. I think he's shifting from breaking things down to just breaking things. <laughs>
1: it's you know,
2: true. Yeah, yeah.
1: pretty true. Yeah. All right, let's slide out of here. We'll be back in a few minutes. To wrap this baby, yep. <laughs> Alabama yeah. politics this week.
2: If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week, and I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot.
1: Alrighty, welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh listen, uh, thanks to Carl Cole for coming yeah, out. Uh, yeah. thanks to Wind Creek folks for, for sponsoring this bad mm, boy. Yeah. Uh let if you got like to get in touch with us, apwproducer at gmail.com. That's APW producer at gmail.com. Um you can send us a message, give us some ideas, whatever you'd like to do. Uh oh, and, and we should you know what we should do? We should start giving out our Venmo in case people just want to send us money. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll Venmo let you do that, that if you want to do that. Set up that. a Venmo for the show. And just let them send in money. Oh,
2: um, to the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: You know, whatever.
1: <laughs> a little bit of money. A
3: little
1: bit of cash here there. It's Just whatever, whatever. Listen, it's the season of giving. Give what you can. Um, you know, uh, because we, we basically do this out of the goodness of our hearts. Uh, and, and provide y'all <laughs> with fantastic information. Yeah. Um yeah. All right. Let's... Uh, we were, let, let's first get into the the second congressional district race. Um, yeah. Uh, before uh, before we close out um, the um, so there was a polling done by the SPLC Action Fund um, uh, and it just showed uh, Napoleon Bracey with with a lead in there, although it was pretty insignificant uh, polling given the fact that uh, about half of the respondents were undecided. Um, And so we had uh, Bracey with, I think was 15% uh, of those who, who had picked a candidate. And um, I think Anthony was, Anthony Daniels was next with nine or eight or everybody was basically around nine or eight that that had a shot. Um, But, you know, I, I got, I've got some, some problems with, uh, not necessarily. The, I don't have problems with the way the poll was conducted. I You know, I think you you do the polling, you get what you get. But just the fact that you know, if you if you kind of break it down in some of the some of the counties that were polled, there were there were zero respondents. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I, I just. I, there were some pretty questionable responses as well uh with uh, abortion uh, uh outranking um abortion rights outranking the economy uh especially with that many conservatives allegedly uh, participating in the poll um and it just didn't you know what i mean it just it, it, it kind of seemed like there were some some uh, some weird responses there that made you kind of Look at it and think. Yeah, you, know, you know, maybe maybe we do this a couple more times and we we'll get a better view of, of what's going on in that district. But um, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about this one that's been made the the, mo- the thing that's been made the biggest deal I think out of this entire race is the residency issue of where mm-hmm. people live. And you know, I, as I've said before, I, you know, I, I like Anthony Daniels in this race. I like Anthony Daniels in mo- in most races because yeah. Anthony Daniels most closely identifies with my beliefs. You know, mm-hmm. Of what a, a politician should be, all right you know, I think
2: Yeah, we, do, we, we know Anthony yeah. pretty well. I mean, we do, we do, know.
1: and I, and, yeah. and you know, and even if I didn't, his, uh, you know, his stance on social issues and and social justice stuff, and and you know, taking care of, of poor people, and his ideas of, of of how to take care of working class folks, and uh, and while also being very friendly to the business community, especially mm. the small business community, I think is, I, I, it's to me, if you ask me to to craft. A politician, it would look a whole lot like Anthony Daniels. Okay, Mm -hmm. I mean that's just that's just my beliefs, and that's what where I am with
2: it. Would you describe? I mean, as I think about Anthony, and you know, I've gotten to know him pretty well over the past uh, probably ten years or so. Mm -hmm. um, Would you describe him as sort of a classic moderate kind of Democrat, uh, almost not not a blue not a blue dog like say Mm -hmm. a Doug uh, what's his name Bud Kramer uh, was, but but, you know, a little bit a little bit to the left of, of, of Bud Kramer, but probably
1: not a whole lot to the left of Bud Kramer. Um, I I, I that's I don't know, because I th- I think Anthony is is pretty far left on, on a lot of the social issue stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, we're, we're in terms of taking care of the poor, you know, and what we should be doing in terms of taxation and and, and where our tax dollars should go. I think, you know, you're you're. He, he's kind of a a, a modern-day Democrat in, in a lot of those regards. But mm-hmm. where I think he he moves more towards the center is in his business approach to things and, and what he would like to see happen for businesses and how he believes that those things can work in tandem and they don't have to be uh, combative as a lot of people try to make them. and And you don't have to punish small business to make sure that these folks over here get – uh, an opportunity and we can live from the bottom. And I think, so I, I guess maybe uh, moderate Democrat is something that I would, uh, I would say that, but I don't know that it would necessarily be, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's it's well, it's hard to put it into a, into a box, I think.
2: Well, I, I guess I, I would put him there because in addition to the things you said, he's also very, uh, you know, he's a church going guy. Sure. Uh, you know, he's uh, he, he goes, he attends, um, uh, St. John AME church, uh, here in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's a church going fellow. He's a family guy, uh, fairly conventional views. I think when it comes to, uh, those, you know, things in those arenas. So to me that that's yeah. moderate. And I mean, I but I get what you're saying about the, on, you know, when it comes to the poor and social justice issues, yeah. I think he, he falls squarely where, um, you know most what we would call progressive Democrats do, but I think those other things, along with business, kind of, sort of balance it out. So that he's, to, in my mind, he's more of a moderate. And I don't say that. Obviously, I don't say that in a disparaging way. I love Anthony, but
0: sure, uh, no, 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 but, oh, yeah, uh, no. I don't but like I just kind of
2: see him as not. You know, a lot of people want to uh, frame Democrats as being you know just so to the left and i just don't think anthony is i think he's he's much more of a a moderate centrist kind of democrat
1: to yeah me. i no i don't i don't disagree uh with that I, you know i'll i'll say that um well first of all uh i mean he's got one of the the whitest white people dogs I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so Wait, I mean, you he's got, got that the whitest. What? Say he's again. got one. He's got one of the the most white people dogs I've ever seen in my life. I think oh. he's got himself a golden doodle that they got in his <laughs> Christmas card. Uh, I don't know if they rented a golden doodle or that or if, or if uh, the Daniels actually have a golden doodle right. running around the house. Right. Over there. But uh, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Uh, I don't know if like the, the the his really white neighbor's <laughs> dog wandered over and they just put him in the photo or what. But. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. no, but, uh, but, you know, there, there's been a lot made, the, the fact that, that Anthony does not live in that district. Uh, yeah. you know, I think that was a, a good attacking point for a lot of folks. Um, the problem is, is nobody apparently lives in the district. Uh, uh, you know, we, uh, there was uh, Fox 10 in, in Mobile pointed out uh, mm-hmm. that Napoleon Bracey does not live in the district. Mm-hmm. Um, Wanda Lynn Gavon, who's running for, for that, does not live in the district. Marika Coleman does not live in the district. Uh, Shamari figures, unless he moved back in with his mama, I'm pretty sure he doesn't live in the district either because uh, mm-hmm. he's been living in, in D.C. for the past right. few years. And so maybe he still counts his, his mother's address as his home, which is fine. I'm not disparaging in any way. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not making that as a disparaging comment in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying I don't right. believe he actually... Uh, as a you know, uh, was living in in his own residence in that district. So, Gray, but if he is, I apologize. Uh, right,
2: so. right. So, and uh, Jeremy Gray now he does live in the district, right? I
1: don't believe he does either. Oh, uh, really? Uh, he lives up around Opalaka, right?
2: Hmm. Let me take. A few uh, am, few I,
1: am I wrong about Jeremy? Because I, I, I believe Jeremy is outside of that district as well.
2: Hmm. Let's take a quick look on that. Um, well, in in that case, then nobody does yeah yeah in that case if if that's correct i'm I'm looking now but if that's correct, nobody does so uh but but again, i think um so so you're saying that as a polling question that doesn't mm-hmm. really reveal much to us that eighty percent of the people say that that's important to them because none of those candidates really fit that criteria
1: no uh, i uh, you're right and and in addition to that, I don't know. I mean, are are we going to say that somebody who lives in Mobile in the district, because, you know, the district stretches from Mobile to Montgomery. So are we going to say that somebody, it's, it's important for the folks in Montgomery because somebody lives in Mobile? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so even if you lived in the district is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and you live, so, and vice versa, are we going to say, according to, uh, to a, A a high-ranking person within the Alabama Democratic Party, uh, Jeremy Gray, does not live within the district. Uh, So I I just asked. Um, So, well, if vice versa on that. So, are we going to say that to the folks? You tell you tell me uh, that that this guy lives in in Montgomery, and you're going to tell me that that's important to the people in Mobile. Mm -hmm. You know, or the Mm -hmm. people in Bullock County, or the people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That just or the Big be, in County District is big enough that it yeah, just, it's yeah. It's, it's, yeah I think it's that's a,
2: a fair point. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What What I think would should be far more should be far more important to people uh, is what are the records of these folks in getting things done for people like you? Mm. You You understand? Take your issues at, that you have. Whether it be education, whether it be you know healthcare, whether it be you know the environment around you, whether it be jobs and the economy, uh, all those things, and and take those and find a candidate who has worked before on those things and see what their record is of doing business for for the people, other people in similar situations to you. That, to me, because that's the only thing that's going to matter. Because, like I said, if you live, if a guy lives in Mobile, he's not addressing the same issues as the folks that live in some rural town in Crenshaw, mm-hmm. you know. And it's the same with the, live in Montgomery and, and and Mobile. And somebody in the rural areas aren't going to have the same issues as folks in the cities do, you know, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that go on in cities that don't happen in those communities. And so the, the focus is different. Vote for yourself. Mm-hmm. All right. Vote for your issues. Think about what you need, what would better your lives and the lives of people like you, and find a candidate who has done that work. That's all. That's all yeah. you need to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's good advice.
1: Well. Good
2: you know, advice. That's Interesting.
1: Okay. Uh, but I mean, to me, so that I don't know where we're going with this whole. Oh my God! Nobody lives in the district, but you know what I mean. We want somebody lives in the district. Well, you better find somebody in our. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: you better get them a house because that's a, as of right now nobody does apparently so mm. you know i mean are you gonna vote for the republican i am i uh, you know dick Brubaker and uh, greg albreton live in in the district uh so i mean if that's important to you yeah yeah I guess you need to call them up and see yeah. what's going on um all right let's uh, uh let's quickly before we get to trump i, I wanted to bring up one terrible story, all right. uh, but, and and the, and the reason I bring it up is because we've had an AG in this state that has been hell bent on making as much out of the abortion issue and what he can do to get his name in headlines around this abortion issue mm-hmm. as anybody in the country has, uh, and that's Steve Marshall. And we've all heard him talk about trying to prosecute women who are going out of state for abortions and trying to prosecute the people who are helping the women to go out of state to get abortions. Uh, and doing you know he can't do either of those things, and he probably knows that i don't know maybe somebody in his office hadn't told him but um <laughs> you know I, so but he, he loves to get headlines and so when i saw the headline from ohio where this poor lady who had a miscarriage
2: yeah, yeah. from
1: from all from what i understand absolutely wanted to have this baby mm-hmm. um and, and was, was planning on, on having this baby, but went to the doctor when she experienced some complications with the pregnancy. They told her that this was the pregnancy was not going to be viable, that she was probably going to have a miscarriage. She went home. Uh, I believe it was the next day she had the miscarriage while on the yeah, toilet, so. which, yeah. which is where I don't know if people just don't know this or what. That's where most of them occur. Um, you know, I mean, that's just a sad fact and sad reality of it was bleeding profusely got up went to the hospital again mm. at which point a nurse there informed authorities that this had taken place and she mm. was arrested for the abuse of a corpse after police went to her house apartment house and removed the toilet and found the fetus that had passed uh, was clogging up the toilet mm. and and they charged her with abuse of corpse and, and when they you know, when they asked these people about this, uh, the charge, the prosecutor, and, and he said to them, "It's not, it's not that we think she did this on purpose. It's that she didn't care enough to do anything. That she just got up and left and went about her day."
2: Oh my what God!
1: Talking? What
2: are you talking about? She just she lost went the to child. The hospital. She yeah, and to the she hospital. just and she and she just lost a child. My God, I mean, she's she's probably in shock. She's yes. depressed. She's you know what's going on. God knows what is going through her mind what, at that point. What was she to do? Yeah. What 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 it, it,
1: what, what was she to do? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. she supposed to wrap it up in a in a shoebox and bury it in the backyard? Oh, who the hell knows? With
2: that kind of logic, I mean, it just I, doesn't make any sense. To no. treat that as a criminal act—it's—it's
1: uh, it's you know, insanity.
2: That's just utterly—it's
1: appalling, really. It's just appalling. Yes, and and listen. This is the reality that we've created with this now. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, there there are other uh, you know horrific stories of women being denied care of nearly dying uh, at the hospital because doctors are afraid to operate because they're afraid of violating these laws now that have been put in place. There are all sorts of these things out there. There there are literally at this point there are dozens of these stories. There are stories, I mean horrific stories. Of of young girls, twelve, eleven years old, who are now being forced to carry out these incest babies that they've they've, ha I mean, it, mm. they are mm. that the stories are. I, I mean, honest to God, it is Handmaid's Tale come to life mm. in a lot of these. In, in in some cases, hell, even worse. If I you know, say if you put some of in the Handmaid's Tale, people would be like, ah, that's that's a step too far. I mean, it is. I don't understand if you are a woman, if you are somebody that just cares about women. Yeah. How in the world you are voting for Republicans at this point until this shit right here gets taken care of?
2: Yeah, I don't All get right? it, man. I and 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 you know, especially when you consider that in some of these states they're going so far to the right on this that, um, you know, it's a it, it's it's criminalizing you know, uh, something that really should, should not even be remotely considered criminal. And, and, and then you've even got some extreme voices out there. I'm hearing that are almost talking as though they think, uh, was it some state I'm trying to remember, uh, where they were, there was some talk, of course this hasn't happened yet, but some talk about perhaps there ought to be a death penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: implemented for yes. for people that have abortion uh, Was that not South Carolina? I believe it was South Carolina.
2: I, I'm going. That sounds right. I can't yeah. remember exactly the state, but I just remember catching a whiff of that through a news report and thinking, "How insane is that?" So you're pro life. Mm-hmm. You're so pro life that you want to kill people for yeah. for not being pro life in, yeah. in your mind. I mean, that's just the logic is so twisted. It's just it's insane.
1: No, it is, it is. It is. It um, is. You know it, it and, and it, they haven't stopped there. You know they they also do the you know the contraception bands, the you know they, they want mm. to. It just the it, it never stops mm. at, with them, and uh, you know this the, the vilification of of everybody around them. Um, and, and kind of holding it up as this moral issue. And I heard somebody the other day say that, you know, we've, we have, uh, attempted to legislate morality while simultaneously, uh, legislating against everything that, that Jesus Christ taught.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it you sounds know.
2: like uh, what John Fugel saying. The comedian was saying on uh, one of these uh, talk shows, I think on MSNBC, he was saying something very similar. You know, you just uh-huh. you start looking at, and any of us who who have even, a, I'll say, a casual knowledge of the Bible understand that what Jesus Christ stood for what Jesus Christ articulated what was what, what what is documented uh in the new testament as Jesus's views uh they don't they don't line up with with modern uh conservative christian thought in no. practice they just don't and oh. it's 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 pretty disturbing to see that so many so-called church going people subscribe to points of view that don't line up with 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 what Jesus talked about, and and instead they're emphasizing things Jesus never talked about. Jesus never talked about gay sex or same sex relationships. He never talked about abortion. You know how did these things become so high on the priority list of the modern, of the modern evangelical movement when the you know Jesus didn't have anything to say about that stuff.
1: I don't know, but listen, I do know. That Jesus is w- would be firmly in support of our right wing nut because we've seen the photos uh and drawings and depictions of him reaching over his back and helping guide his hand. Um I, I don't know if it's the same hand that he touched the porn stars with, but um <laughs> it's um but our right wing nut is is one Donald John Trump yeah. uh for the week. Um it's um <laughs> This guy, he loves America, doesn't he, David?
2: He loves it. He loves it so much that he wants to see the stock market crash before he's president to, to sort of, you know, he thinks he's going to be president again. He hopes he's going to be president again. He wants the stock market to crash while Biden is still in office so that he can grease his way, he thinks, into the presidency. So so in other words, he he, he really cares a lot about not just America you know, as a nation and and the the health, the economic well-being of America as a nation, he cares about his followers. You Mm -hmm. know, the people that have 401ks, perhaps people Mm -hmm. that are depending on social security, perhaps people that are depending on pensions, perhaps Mm -hmm. people that just need to be able to have good honest work that they can do to pay bills and to take care of families. Uh, Donald Trump really cares about those people because he wants the economy to crash.
1: Yeah. He cares a lot. He is uh, uh to quote uh, one Barack Obama on Kanye West. He's a jackass. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, man, yeah. the guy who cares nothing about you or yeah. me or anybody else, but himself, mm-hmm. uh, this is, it was, uh, it was the greatest third base presidency in in our lifetime. Mm. He is, uh, I mean, it's it was perfect. It 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 was the perfect encapsulation of his life, where he was born on third base and acted mm. the entire time like he hit a home run. Mm. Uh, he, uh, matter of fact, he was born between third and home. Yeah, uh, I and, agree. And, and 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 that was the way his presidency was. Barack Obama and Joe Biden set him up spectacularly mm. with a roaring economy that all he had to do was sit back and say, "Oh hey, look at this. I did this." Uh, and then ended up wrecking it, and Joe Biden has once again saved it. So, ah, and now he wants it to crash because he cares about you.
2: So guy much. Guy driving
1: the guy driving the ninety one Uh Yeah. <laughs> All righty, let's slide out of here. All right. Until man. next week, y'all be safe. Peace.